Well, I want to jump right in today just uh, to uh, bring some encouragement to us, and uh, especially in the days that we live. We live in very unusual days, don't we? And uh, I believe one of the greatest things that we need uh, today is wisdom. And uh, I think that uh, God has gifts of wisdom, and I believe that today uh, what he wants to do partly is to encourage us uh, to call to him and and look for him in wisdom, especially as we navigate uh, what's going on in our uh, culture, in our community, and in our own lives. And I think one of the biggest uh, attacks, I think, that the, the enemy has done, he's done really well, and I don't want to give him credit, but the, the greatest enemy that we have right now is distraction. The greatest enemy we have right now is distraction. And uh, God's word says that uh, to have simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ and what uh, keeps us from doing that a lot of times is just a simple busyness of life and then everything that's going on in our families and our culture it just distracts us from really focusing on the main thing, which is our relationship with him. Does that make sense? So that's where I'm uh, going to be heading toward today, talking a little bit about wisdom. But first of all, I really want to uh, thank all of you guys and uh, for helping us to do the, uh, the big Broadway elementary refresh. Uh, I was going to th- thank you a few weeks ago. And I just wanted to show you a few slides today, just basically on uh, the, what the school looked like before and what it looked like after. And we're going to be talking about influence. But if you go to the next one, that's what it looked like before. And it was pretty rusted, pretty beat up. Uh, the, the American uh, map was just in the process of being painted. The barrels were horrible. Just everything was horrible. Everything had to be refreshed, every piece of playground equipment, everything on the ground and everything like that. So here's what it looks like now. It's just amazing that everything has been updated and refreshed. And uh, I really do appreciate a lot of people who did extra time. There's a few people that did. If uh, Steve, would you just stand up? Steve was the manager of this whole deal. And he's the one that did all the painting and everything like that. And, and then there was other people like Jeff in the back. He was, actually was able to take the green swing home. The school trusted us to take the equipment off their property. Isn't that amazing? And then he took it home and rent, renovated it. And then Heath really... Uh, he topped it off with this uh, big X there, this big cross on the barn. He took that home and spent uh, you know, a long time just spray painting that and everything. So very grateful for that. And then I'd like to show you this, this picture here. Be just uh, the next picture real quick. Guess what happened? <laughs> After we had everything done, okay, we're right down to almost the very end. We had probably maybe had two days to go. And for some reason, somebody, which will remain unknown, decided to take their forklift truck and do donuts all over everything that we had already painted. I mean, everything. I mean, it was almost like it was targeted. And, and I was just, I was like, oh, I can't believe this. So, you know, being the, the mild-mannered guy that I am, I marched right over to the person <laughs> who, who's responsible, and we had a chat, and then it took us four days to repaint everything. And so, it's, you know, this is part of having influence. Sometimes when you have influence, there are obstacles to overcome. And, I, you know, to be honest, I wasn't, I, I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised. 
So we, we got it all done, and we're ready to just do the last day of painting where we're just going to do the map to recover the map uh, that was, was done, because it took like three coats of paint, and actually we had to repaint just about everything again. And so uh, guess what happened the day that I, I came down to, uh, to see uh, the map that we were getting ready to paint. If you'll just go to the next slide. That's right. Somebody decided to don't mulch right on the map that we had just painted the day before. We were like, woohoo! So anyway, I, I'm, I'm, I'm running from my car. Stop! Stop! I'm yelling, what are you doing? So anyway, he talked to the guy, and what, basically what happened was the, the boss really told him to dump it on the map, and what had happened, uh, last year it wasn't finished, it was just trashed, and this year it was painted. He didn't know that, so the guy in the truck was just doing what his boss told him to do, and dumped uh, two dump truck loads of mulch on our map that we had just finished painting and everything. And so, you know, I was a little bit upset. You know what, you know what Steve did when he got out of his truck? And he looked down, down there and he said, <laughs> he just started laughing. And I said, he had the right response. I didn't have the right response. I was, I was pretty upset. I mean, that was hours and hours of work. It took five weeks of work to, do, to complete it. And then lastly, I just want to, on this part, I just want to show you this crown and there on Foursquare, uh, when you play Foursquare, there's, there's, there's a crown there, and it's a red crown. And so I was called a, a prophetic friend of mine and was telling me about it. I said, this is really amazing what the schools in our community have allowed us to do is to come onto their property and have free reign. We're there every day. We're not being checked. They're just letting us do our thing and to be able to uh, beautify the school and everything. He says, well, can I share something with you I just now saw? So in that moment... He says, Steve, I just see this, and I'm just going to share, share with you uh, what I saw. But I saw crowns of fire all over the school system and your building. I said, well, man, that's amazing. Did you know that there are crowns painted on the ground? He said, no, I had no idea the crowns were painted on the ground. So we knew that that was probably the Lord really signifying something. So this next slide shows what we did. We came in and painted the blue background, and a lot of the intercessors came down uh, to be on the school, school ground that day to pray, to walk over to school, to pray over to school, and to declare God's goodness, his crowns of fire to be upon the school. And then Aaron wrote a scripture verse, and then Nicole, in symbolic of being uh, the person who's really leading the charge into the schools, she uh, got down and she painted all three, guess what, there were three crowns, three crowns, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and she was able to pay, paint that that day. Isn't that amazing? And I think we ought to give the Lord a big hand for that because it was definitely, definitely uh, him that gave us the favor, and favor comes from the Lord. And I was talking to a couple before service, and uh, they have extreme favor upon their lives, and just want to encourage you, I've never been in a church that has had this much favor for this size of church or just any church. I mean, people in this church, uh, they start businesses and they flourish. It's just crazy. Uh, you know, it's, it's just everything that they, they do seems to touch what you guys do, touches and turns to go. Well, why do we do everything that we, we do uh, out in the community very briefly? Is Matthew 5, 16, it says this, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. 
And so that's why we do what we do, why we do so many community service projects, why we do kindness to go, is to get out into the community to demonstrate God's love in a practical way. Uh, one man said this, he said, good deeds creates goodwill that opens hearts to the good news. And I found it really interesting that after we uh, did the playground uh, refresh, after we, we completed the project and we, the coal uh, spray painted everything, uh, Pastor Simmons, uh, Pastor Greg, Greg Simmons, he was asked to speak at the Rotary Club and he passed a baton to Aaron. And so I went with Aaron and he spoke to 50 businessmen in the community and he shared the gospel. He shared the gospel. He told a story of why Jesus uh, compelled us to serve our community. And it was just a wonderful thing. People came up after him. And, and we didn't know this. He was talking about the school system. He was talking about how much we love the schools and how we've been investing into the schools. And I uh, guess who came up and had the longest conversation with Aaron? The school superintendent of Tip City Schools was in the audience and was able to share it. So good, good deeds creates goodwill that opens hearts to the good news. That's why we, we do what we do. Just uh, 1 John 3, 1 says, Beloved children, our love cannot be an abstract theory that we only talk about, but a way of life demonstrated through our loving deeds. In other words, love looks like something. It's not abstract theory. Uh, you know, I don't want to be a, th a theologian who's a theorist. I want to be a practitioner who knows Jesus. It works out far better. In Ephesians 5, it says this, and walk in love just as Christ loved you. Well, that's a high call, isn't it? To walk in love just as Christ has loved you. And now you are light in the Lord, so walk as children of the light. That's what God has called us to do, uh, to walk in love and to be the light that he has commissioned us to be into our world. And then verse 10 says, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. And I, and I love that, you know, trying to learn. Is anybody in, still practicing on trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord? And uh, I, I figured this out uh, this last couple of weeks because I've been, I've been, I have I had my own struggles and, and I'm pretty hard on myself and all that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, man, I've been doing this for such a long time. And I've come to conclude the conclusion, even the best of us, even the most notor notary person in the world, we're all stumbling our way forward. I believe that. We're all stumbling our way forward. And, and it's a good thing to be able to stumble your way forward because you're, you're, it's almost you're ready to go on your knees when you're stumbling your way forward to receive help that we, we talked about today. So therefore, he talks about, he says this in verse 15 of Ephesians 5. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time. Well, we all have influence. Every person in this room has influence upon another human being. Uh, we have, some of us have more influence, some of us have less influence, but we're all influencers. And what speaks to the people most uh, in our circles of influence is how we live our lives. And that's why Jesus, uh, Paul talked about walking in love just as Christ also loved you. And walking in wisdom, making the most of every opportunity. Uh, one thing that I've discovered is the greater your influence, the greater your responsibility. 
the greater your influence, the greater your responsibility. It's kind of like this. If you're imagine yourself as a pebble and you're in a pool of people and, and you have influence and you, and you know you have influence and you know that the favor of God's upon your life, you understand that. It, it's a real blessing, but at the same time, there's a little bit of a weight of responsibility that comes upon us. And actually, it just doesn't come upon individuals. And when a church has a lot of influence in a community, the weight of that responsibility it falls on the whole church. And it's so important that we understand that we need to learn how to steward our influence. And it's, it's like this. It's like taking a pool, a, a, a rock. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give a, an illustration. I was in Scotland, and I was over, uh, or part, partly over all of our worship stuff that was going on there. And we had a worship leader, and she, she, she was fantastic. I mean, she was just the most amazing worship person. I mean, she would just, I mean, she just strummed the guitar, and everything would be happening. I mean, just like amazing person. Uh, but she had a couple of, of character issues, and I had to go talk to her about, about because her influence, because of her position as a worship leader, meant that her influence that she had had greater responsibility. And sometimes people uh, want to step into these places, but they don't realize there's a great responsibility when you step into those positions. So I said, you know, I said, here's what it looks like. I said, you're this pebble. And, uh, you know, and, and what you're doing in, in our church is really wonderful. I love, love what you're doing. But there's these things that you're doing in the community uh, we can't do. We can't do what you're doing in the community. I said, it's kind of like taking a pebble or a rock and throwing it into a pool of calm water. And what happens when that rock hits into the pool, ripples ripple out from that. So we have a responsibility, uh, not only about throwing rocks into a pool, but making sure there's no rocks in our own heart and own life that would call damage to the name of Jesus and damage to the name of, of, of Christianity in the church. Now... Has anybody been paying attention to what's been going on in Christianity anytime lately? You would say, oh my gosh, I wish they paid attention to their responsibility because when they went into the pool, it affected the whole nation, affected thousands of people. So it's really important uh, to really ask for something as we grow in this and in, in, in our influence and our favor. And I believe that what we need to ask for is wisdom. I believe we need to really ask God for wisdom. I'm, I'm talking about his wisdom. His wisdom, the wisdom that sometimes is supernatural, or his wisdom that if we don't have a clue, we go talk to somebody a little bit older, or somebody wiser, or somebody who's been down the road. I remember Patty being in Scotland with, with our kids, and she, was never, she wasn't a mother before, so she didn't know how to raise children, you know? I mean, how do you do this thing, these little you know, at first they're little blobs and then they grow into this, this person, you know. So how do you navigate that? Well, she was smart and, and she had like three women that she would go to and ask to get download wisdom to help her with our children and our child raising. That makes sense, doesn't it? And so sometimes God in, 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 uh, in, his, 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 in his wisdom, he uses people to help us to navigate the influence and the power and the wisdom that he's given us through other people. And it's so important to understand that. Uh, Jesus himself says, Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So he increased in wisdom. 
And what, what I believe in influence, what I believe is happening here in, in the upper room is that we're growing in influence. And, and I believe that we're also going to need to be growing in wisdom as well to walk out the influence that we had. And, and I love what uh, this Passions translation says in uh, Luke uh, 2.52. He says this, As Jesus grew, so did his wisdom and maturity. The favor of men increased, the favor of men increased upon his life, and for he was greatly loved by God. For he was greatly loved by God, his influence increased. Can you catch that? For he was greatly loved by his Father, so his influence increased. And we're sons and daughters of the Most High, and we all influence uh, some person in our spheres of influence that we live in, our, our family, our work life, our church, our community life, our CrossFit. And, and God wants to, to move through us in those situations. Reason why? It's because he loves us. He loves us. He wants us to prosper and to be in health, even as our soul prospers. And he wants us to, to, to move in that. And we definitely need wisdom. And the second thing we need to, to have in this whole thing of, of wisdom is understanding. It's not just getting a download of wisdom, but it's understanding how to outwork the wisdom that God has given you. What are the steps that I can take to bring what I need to bring to pass to pass? I need wisdom, but I also need the understanding. So, the, you know, in Proverbs, Proverbs, it says this all the time. Lift your voice for wisdom and lift your voice, your heart, for understanding. And so I would encourage you that if you have influence and which many of us do, that when you find a situation in uh, your life that you need to, to push into and you're stumped and you don't know what to do, what you can do is to pray for two things. Father, give me wisdom and Holy Spirit, download understanding the plans to help me to walk out and to comprehend uh, what you uh, uh, have for me to do. I love the definition or the synonyms of understanding. It talks about discerning, and I love this word, decode. <laughs> it's decoding the wisdom. It's trying to make sense of what you're hearing. And sometimes the way the Holy Spirit speaks, he doesn't speak all at once. It speaks of here, here a little and there a little and in the, in the middle of things and outside of things. And that's why it's really important if you're seeking wisdom and understanding, I would encourage you to journal. I would encourage you as you're, you're going through, uh, through life is to take the time to sit before God and to journal, jot down notes that you're, you're reading as you're going through the Bible, write down passages of Scripture, and then when you begin to go through some tough stuff or stuff in your own life, you can go back to see what God has already spoken to you about. This message, this whole message came out of that. It came out of what I wrote down probably almost a month and a half, two months ago that I've been meditating on, thinking through. And so when I even wrote the notes, I went back into my journal and just journaled in the scriptures that God had given me uh, months ago. So that's one practical way. So as we're having influence, especially into our commu community, and community uh, we have to uh, respond to situations that we find ourselves in uh, I have a friend right now that lives in Xenia. He's a notable man. He's uh, one of my best friends. And uh, the, he, he's so, so notable. You know, the Facebook 
uh, head of Facebook, I can never say his name, but Mr. Z, I'll call him Mr. Z. He is one of nine people who met with Mr. Z in the city of Dayton. That's the amount of influence that he had. Well, something happened uh, to something that he had had influence in, in, and it's a really big deal for Dayton. I mean, it's like mega big deal. And so I called him up after I found out about it, and, uh, and I talked to his wife and talked to him, and, and I encouraged him. I, I said, I would, if I was you, if I, were, if I was you, the wisdom I, I would encourage you to do is because the news, the news people are going to come to your door. I mean, they are. Uh, WHIO may come to your door. Dayton Daily definitely will come to your door, and they're going to ask you what you, you, you think about this situation. I said, I would encourage you to begin now to pray and ask God for wisdom and understanding and grace on what to say. And I would ask, actually, I'd like what, what, what I would encourage you to do is to make sure that your speech is layered with grace. Layered with grace. Because that's the wise way to walk it out in a difficult situation, especially when you're coming under fire. And in other words, it's responding and not reacting. How many of you have ever been into responding mode? I had an argument with my wife yesterday. And the reason why we had a, an argument yesterday is because I reacted. It was like a nuclear bomb. <laughs> you guys don't do that, right? Nobody ever has, has nuclear bombs go off, and you're going, oh, my gosh. You know, and so I talked to her. Through, we talked it all through, you know, and, you know, got it all through, all, you know, everything like that. And I said, I'm, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I said, I'm, I'll give you space. I'm going to go walk in the woods. So I went and got my 20-pound backpack, and I went for two-mile walk in the woods and came back, and, you know, we talked things through, and everything was all right. And uh, she said, she said uh, you're just too hard on yourself. Everybody goes through things like that. And I said, yeah, but I'm a pastor speaking tomorrow, and I shouldn't be doing this. So anyway, so here's, here's, here's our response. And here, here's just what I want to read you. This. this is great. Our response is revealing. Our response uh, to what happens in life is more important than the situation that we find ourselves. Our response to the situation we find ourselves in life is often more important than the situation we find ourselves in. Because what it happens is when you react or you respond, how you respond reveals your heart. And that's what happened to me yesterday. My heart got revealed and I had to do some repentance and I had to do some uh, uh, talking and cleaning my own heart out. So what, what does the scripture say how we handle ourselves toward the people not around us, not in church, outsiders, is what uh, Paul calls some Colossians. Conduct yourself with wisdoms toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Let your speech be always with grace, as though seasoned with salt. And what does that mean? Speak the truth, but make sure you have grace in the truth that you're speaking. That's exactly what it means. So that you will know how you should respond you each person. So it's really important to try to respond instead of react. So how do we, how do we get wisdom? Uh, scripture says the greatest scripture is found in James 1.5. It says, but if any of you lack wisdom, anybody here lack wisdom? Anybody here lack wisdom? Let him ask of God who gives generously and without reproach and it will be given to him. In other words, ask for wisdom from the Lord through faith believe that he will download even supernaturally 
words of wisdom and words of knowledge, the sermon of spirits, into your heart as you ask for wisdom uh, to help you to navigate uh, your own life. And I think it's so important that it's to God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit are the ones who give us wisdom. Uh, Jesus is wisdom. Uh, the Word of God in many places says Jesus to us is wisdom. If you read Proverbs uh, chapter 8, I, just write that down. Proverbs chapter 8 is the greatest chapter in the Bible concerning wisdom, wisdom and lifting our voices for wisdom is found in Proverbs 8. And there's a scripture in there that talks about Jesus who was with the Father from the beginning and Jesus was his daily delight. As a matter of fact, Jesus is called wisdom in Proverbs 8. In, G in Jesus, he says that Jesus is the one, the word, the wisdom, who casts the galaxies into existence as he was rejoicing. And one of the translations is as he was dancing before the Father. Can you imagine that? That at the beginning, there's Jesus. He's God, with God, with Holy Spirit. And he is wisdom. He's wisdom, and he is the one who created all things through his word. And imagine him, Jesus. Can you imagine him creating the galaxies by spinning them in motion as he twirled and danced? I mean, I, I'm not a dancer, but boy, that's just amazing, amazing. And what's even more amazing, that someone with that much power and that much authority and that much creativity would choose to come to this planet, choose to come to this planet, to reach us so that we may, may be part of eternity in, 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 in exploring galaxies, who knows, exploring galaxies. But if, so uh, here's, let me just wrap up in closing. If you consider yourself to be wise, if you're, you're one of the people that consider yourself to be wise and, and you know that you're in a situation where wisdom is needed often, you might consider yourself to be wise. And this is what uh, the word says about those who consider themselves uh, to be wise and one who understand the ways of God. So that's talking about a pretty mature believer. It's talking about someone who understands uh, the ways of God, who has accrued, uh, has God in wisdom over, the, over time. It's uh, accrued in his life. What, what, the, what James says uh, about this, how we're supposed to give this wisdom away and how we're supposed to encourage others, he says this, advertise it with a beautiful, fruitful life get, get guided, guided by wisdom's gentleness. And I think that's very interesting that, that wisdom uh, is connected to this other word called gentleness. You know, Jesus said, come and learn from me, all you who are labor and heavy laden, come unto me, learn from me, because I am gentle. And so gentleness is part of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness. Have, have you ever heard the saying, well, I, I really love that man because he's a gentle giant. Has anybody ever heard that? A friend of mine passed away uh, not long ago, last month, I was at his uh, funeral at the VA, it was the largest funeral that the VA had had in 10 years uh, for uh, Mr. Brown, Jack Brown. And he was known as a gentle giant. He was known to his family as that, and a giant of a, of a man. So it's important that we walk out the fruit of the Spirit as we're doing life with the people who are outside uh, our church or out, outside uh, Christianity.
So let me give you four uh, quick points. Can I give you four just bullet points? These are just bullet points, these little, little things. And then we're going to do an activation. Uh, going to do two things. But uh, how, how can we uh, interact with our world and how can we receive the wisdom that we need to give to our world? Well, the first one is, is to slow down. Because if you're moving like 100 miles an hour and you find yourself in a situation, but the best thing to do is pump the brakes. Pump the brakes so you can respond in kindness, to be kind and to respond in a, in a proper way. And uh, I love it what my friend in, uh, down in uh, Gulf Breeze, Pensacola says. He says, hurry is the death of kindness. Slow down, see the people around you. Kindness starts with seeing and also with perceiving. It's seeing the situ situation, seeing the person, but also responding uh, by seeing, by lifting uh, your eyes to see what, what's going on with the person or what you're doing. And sometimes I think what happens is we're, we're so busy that we, we just don't see anymore. Uh, people in our path that may be a bit down or people that we bump into at the grocery store, or all these different situations that we have in our spheres of influence, I think if we're hurrying and hurrying in our fast-paced life, it's really good practice slowing down. And to be honest, it takes practice. Have you ever noticed it? It does. It takes practice to slow your heart down, slow your mind, mind down, to live in the moment instead of living into in the pressure of the day and to live in the moment, to, to let every moment be the moment where it can be an adventure because there'll never be a moment like this moment again. There'll never be a moment like this moment in your life again or that moment or the next moment again and so important to slow down. And this, uh, this is a great, I wrote this down for me. Be kind to yourself. In doing so, it becomes much easier to be kind to others. And I think that's so true because the messenger is the message. And I think that if we're hard on ourselves if we're into perfectionism, which I tend to lean, lean into that, perfectionism, uh, having to be perfect, to jot my I's, jot my T's, to do everything well, uh, to make sure everything's done in, a, in an excellent way. I mean, I can get into that, and, and really what, what happens to me is I focus more on, on the project and what I'm, the task I'm doing than the people that is, are around me. So I hope some of you might not be in that category, but more than likely you are. So. And then uh, lastly, uh, the last uh, point is really share your story. When you're in situations... Um, you know, that you, with the people that you meet in your sphere of influence, the greatest thing that you have to bring them, yeah, it is Jesus. It's G, he, he, it is Jesus, but it's also connected to your story, how Jesus has brought you through. You know, that's what Patty appreciated about being in Scotland with those ladies helping her because they knew everything. They, they, they knew how to raise kids in Scotland. They just did. And uh, I love their child-rearing re uh, steps, especially when they, they, about five or six, go play in the neighborhood, come back at dusk, come back. <laughs> I'm serious. What, what, what happened? You, you make, it makes you or breaks you. So. <laughs> so anyway, share your story, how you overcame with the wisdom that God gave you and what God has done for you. And I think... 
The, the last point in how we react toward outsiders is as we talk to them, as, as they come to us uh, for, wis for wisdom and what we have to offer or we feel like that we have something to give them and we take a step to step into their sphere where their bubble is to say, hey, I think I can, can help you and talk with them. The last thing, the question to do is to ask them this question, how can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? And uh, I know that the church, <coughs> this church that we're, we're part of, the how can I pray for you is very important because I believe that when we pray, I believe that Jesus does what Jesus does. I believe that when we pray and we want to impart wisdom and understanding to the people in our spheres of influence to help them to move forward in their life, I believe if we pray for them, I believe what, what, what can happen uh, very likely is the Holy Spirit can come upon their life to give them the wisdom to understand that, that they need so they can take their next step into whatever that next step may be. And uh, we, we might not uh, be, be known for uh, what I'm hoping. I'm, I'm hoping that we're, we're not just known as people who serve our community. I, I want that to be known. But I, I would love for our church to be also to be known as people who really genuinely love as they serve. And not only uh, as, they, as they love as they serve, but they have wisdom and understanding how to handle the responsibility that God has given us in the community. And that's so important. It really is important for a church to really grasp hold of that and say, you know, I'm part of this body, and so what, what, the way that I act and does make a difference. My words, my attitudes, and the way that I act in the community really make a difference. Uh, if you're in high school, if you're in junior high, if you're in college, it's really important to recognize uh, those things are, are important. Now, let me just say this. It's a lot of fun, okay, uh, being able to communicate to other people what God has done. I mean, I mean some of the funny stories I, I told about me walking out and seeing the mulch and all that kind of, kind of stuff. I mean, to be honest, it was fun. The most, the reason, what most, most of the time that we were out there doing what we were doing, it was really uh, a, a great, a great time. All right, let's uh, let's let's transition. And uh, what I like to do is, I've I've been speaking today about about wisdom, and uh, I I really felt like that what God supernaturally wants to do today is to download, download that gift. Uh, to those who say, you know, I really need wisdom in my situation. If that's you, just stand up just right now. If that's you saying, man, I need, I just, I just need to download. Well... Okay, let's put our hands out. Let's just receive it. There it comes right now. It's come Holy Spirit. We lift our voices and we ask for wisdom. We ask you, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We invite you for the gift of wisdom to give us the gift of wisdom. Just say that out. Father, give me the gift of wisdom. 
And then this is going to pray for understanding. Father, give me understanding. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you are wisdom. We thank you, Father, that you are wisdom. You have gifts given to us that we can use. Thank you, Lord. I just see the Lord um, just, uh, have you ever seen those navigation things you put in your car? I just, I just saw the Lord giving a few people to, to how to navigate. He's going to give you wisdom how to navigate situations. It's like turn left, turn right, navigate. And I believe the Lord's going to do that through his grace and his mercy and his goodness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Well, that's pretty amazing, all you guys. Now, what I'd like you to do in, in, in uh, closing, we're already standing up, so if you're, you're brave enough, if you would just <laughs> go to someone and say, how can I pray for you? We're just going to practice that last, uh, last uh, point there just for a few minutes. So we've got about five minutes. So would you just go just now to say, how can I pray for you? Just find someone. So they're standing. They're already asking for, for prayer. So just go to someone and say, hey, how can I pray for you? As we're wrapping up, 
Can I just get your attention just for a minute? We, uh, we're still making influences in our community and beyond. I'd encourage you guys, if you would help us to help Kentucky, uh, we're going to be giving gift cards, taking them down to uh, the flood areas of Kentucky. So if you'd like to purchase gift cards at Lowe's or Home Depot, uh, that kind of, kind of, those kind of places, tractor supply, you can do that. Or what you can do is just buy Visa cards. And what we'll do, we'll take those cards down to uh, the churches down in Kentucky who are using uh, the funds that they're receiving to give to the people who've been damaged uh, by the floodwaters. Well, God bless you guys. Go in peace. Pray uh, the Lord bless you today. In Jesus' name. Yeah.